Do you want to talk about books? Yeah. Hello, and welcome to A Well-Read Life. This is a place to share stories about good books and the reading life. I'm your host, Beth Jamison. Join me as I meander through my reading journey and discover the books that make up a well-read life. I apologize for no episode last week. My daughter had her first case of strep throat and she had a really rough time of it. So I just had to be full on mom and had to put the podcast aside for the week. She is thankfully made a full recovery and feeling much more like her chipper self. And I am back this week with another episode in the Reading Like Kathleen Kelly series. This week, I'm talking about ballet shoes and theater shoes by Noel Stratfield. If you remember and you've got mail, Kathleen Kelly, played by Meg Ryan, goes into Fox's bookstore after closing her shop and famously helps a customer find out who wrote the shoes books after a Fox's bookstore employee is unable to. Now, I've watched this movie for decades and adored this scene for some reason. It's just delightful for its ode to the value of personalization and relationship that you find in an independent bookstore and that you don't always find in the big box store. But I've never read the famous shoes books that Kathleen Kelly raves about until this past summer when I started reading for this series. I was completely delighted and enchanted by these books, and I am so excited to be sharing them with you today. So I just mentioned that I have not ever read the shoes books before. I had read The Magic Summer, also called The Growing Summer in England, which I mentioned in the last episode with Honor Rose Johnson, and I have an episode devoted to it as well. That was my introduction with Noel Stretfield, and that was pretty much all I knew her for. I knew of ballet shoes and of the shoes books, obviously, from You've Got Mail, but I had not read many of her other books, and certainly not any of the shoes books. Noel Stretfield started out as a stage actress, which is interesting because of how much the theater ties in to these books. And she did this before she turned to writing. Her first book, The Witch Arts, is an adult version of Ballet Shoes. It's from what I have read in a marvelous essay in Slightly Foxed, it's a quarterly magazine that I get from England, is that The Witch Hearts is a little bit more sordid than ballet shoes. I don't think that I'll be reading it from the description in the essay. It just didn't sound as enchanting as ballet shoes. But after middling success writing adult fiction, her editor suggested she try writing for children. And I'm so glad that that editor had that foresight because it's just one of those magical moments of happenstance because our bookshelves are ever the more richer for Noel Stratfield becoming a children's writer. You may be wondering with all this praise, what makes Noel Stratfield so wonderful? And not just as a children's writer, but as a writer in general. Well, her books, her children's books, are wonderful because she respects her readers. She doesn't treat them like some children's writers do, children, that they talk down to them. Instead, she understands them. And because of that, her books just transcend age. They have this timelessness to them 
this wonderful quality of reaching young children and adults at the same time. Now, just as a personal note to stress this point further, it's been a long time since I enjoyed a set of books as much as I did the shoes books. After reading Theater Shoes, which was the first book I read, and it's my personal favorite, I thought, why have I never read these books before? What has kept me from reading them? I have no idea. And I wish I had known about them when I was a child because they would have been absolute favorites. I quickly read ballet shoes after theater shoes and then dancing shoes and then skating shoes in rapid succession. I even splurged on some beautiful hardback editions from Random House Kids with cover illustrations by Danielle Kroll, which are just whimsical and fun. And if you can get your hands on a copy, please do. Um, I scoured a books and Better World books and found a, one copy at my favorite bookstore, The Story Shop, and I was able to find some reasonably priced editions of the books. So have a look on those places because you may be able to find a good price on them as well. Of the six or so books included in the shoe books canon, which I have not read all of them, ballet shoes and theater shoes are the only ones tied to each other. And this is the reason that I'm featuring these two. And also I'm a little short on time to include all of them together. So ballet shoes and theater shoes have a few crossover characters and they feature the same dancing and stage school, Madame Fidolia's. Ballet Shoes, her first book, as I mentioned, tells the story of the three fossil sisters, Pauline, Petrova, and Posey. The girls are all adopted by a professor, Matthew Brown. He is a gentleman paleontologist and adventurer. He features very little in the book beyond mentioning him. In his large London home, he keeps a collection of fossils, hence from where the girls acquire their last name. The girls are adopted years apart and are not biological sisters, but they share a very close and deep relationship. It's very sweet to see the relationship formed, and it's just one of those sweet moments about adoption in a book, which is dear to my heart because of my, my little girl. So I'm always looking for books like this for her as she gets older. The Fossil Sisters are mostly raised by Professor Brown's niece, Sylvia, who they call Garney, and it's short for Guardian, and Garney's old nanny, Nana, while Matthew is away on his many adventures. At the opening of the book, Matthew is off on a six-year adventure. Garney is left in charge of his estate and the girls, but the money he left in savings for them are about to run out, and they are rather cash poor. This creates a great problem for them. One, which the girls take upon themselves to try to solve. In order to make ends meet and save the house, Garney is forced to take in boarders. It is one of these boarders, a Miss Theodane, who comes to make the greatest impact on the trajectory of the girls' lives. Although all of the boarders have their own special part to play in the girls' education, it's very sweet to see this community and fellowship amongst this group of people. Theo Dane is a dance instructor at the prestigious school, Madame Fidolia's Children's Academy of Dancing and Stage Training, and thinks the girls, especially Posey, shows great promise and talent. Theo is able to give the Fossil Sisters a place at the school free of charge. Now, unbeknownst to Garney, the girls have secretly made a vow to get their names written in history books because no one else has the last name of Fossil, and they want to make a name for themselves. And they think that going to the school might be their chance to get their name in the history books. And it also carries with it the added benefit 
of financially contributing to the household once they start work at 12. Yes, they are planning to start working at 12 as actors, dancers on the stage. And that is a very interesting part of both of the books that I'll discuss in a bit. It has very interesting as far as the history goes. She goes into detail in the book about the whole process of the children starting work which is very strange to read about now, but it is done very well and it doesn't feel forced or labored, pardon the pun. Posey is already a keen dancer and Pauline has the makings of being a grand actress. It is only Petrova who is hesitant about this venture. Now, Petrova does not share her sister's talents and is much happier learning about the inner workings of automobiles and airplanes. She's also a little bit more plain than her sisters, and she reluctantly goes to the school out of love and duty for her family. The book takes the reader on the adventure of the Fossil Sisters as they begin their education at the Academy, develop their budding talents, navigate auditions and parts on the stage, and family relationships, work, and duties. It is lighthearted with just a touch of seriousness, and it is akin to a modern-day fairy tale. The characters are lovable and flawed. There is an especially good chapter when Pauline has a reckoning for some very ill behavior. She gets a part in a play and lets the part go to her head and treats her understudy very badly and also is very disrespectful to the director and gets quite the dressing down for her behavior. But, of course, she recovers. You root for her, too. It's a beautiful moment of repentance on her part, and it's handled so well. You just root for these girls. You want to cozy up and immerse yourself in their story. There is so much in this little story. I wish I had more time to go into all the little nuances and the the subtlety behind Noel Stratfield's writing, but in the interest of time, I have to move on to the next. So please trust me that this is a marvelous book. Next, we have Theater Shoes, written nearly a decade after Ballet Shoes. Now, Theater Shoes takes place during World War II, so it is a different world in so many ways than the Fossil Sisters. Now, in Ballet Shoes, the Fossil Sisters are very familiar with Black and trying to make do and trying to make money to support their guardian. And, and so there is this overall feeling of lack that kind of brings that fairy tale quality into it. Of course, it ends very happily. But the way that you see this in theater shoes is through World War II and the lack that the children experience because of the rationing and just the inability to get things that are necessary. Theater Shoes is the story of the Forbes children, Sorrel, Mark, and Holly. Their mother died when they were younger. Their father, who is in the Navy, is missing in action in the Pacific. Their grandfather, a vicar, is their guardian. He is largely absent from the children. He is absorbed in his research work, which he is absolutely devoted to. He is researching the animals of the Bible. And there are some similarities to Uncle Matthew from Ballet Shoes in The Grandfather. He isn't in the book for very long because he dies at the beginning of the book. And they are sent with his housekeeper, Hannah, who they have a very close relationship with, to live with their maternal grandmother, the matriarch of the famous but impoverished 
Warren acting family. Their own mother was a promising actress before she abandoned her career to marry the children's father. Now, the grandmother is just a delightful, dramatic character. She is a great stage actress, very famous, but she's somewhat of a diva. She is also out of work for quite a long time and is looking for another great part to be back on the stage. Because she cannot act herself, the grandmother, of course, wants to vicariously live through her own children and her grandchildren. So she has great plans for them, plans which conflict with their own father's plans. His hopes were to send Mark into the Navy like him. And there's a good bit in this book about the pressure that Sorrel feels, or the tension, rather, that Sorrel feels to get Mark into the Navy training school as his father wished. They are to be sent to Madame Bedolia's Children's Academy of Dancing and Stage Training, the same school the famous Fossil Sisters attended. Now, not to give too much away, but the Fossil Sisters have all gone on to great fame and riches. But back to the Forbes children's story, where will the money come from to send the children to school? As I said, the grandmother was once a grand woman, but is now sorely in need of funds. The search for the school funds brings a cameo of sorts from the Fossil Sisters. So that's something fun to just look forward to. As I said, I read this book first, so I wish I had read Ballet Shoes first. I don't think that would have changed which one was my favorite, but I would have understood some of the characters that have the crossover in both books, and it would have been a little bit more fun if I had read it in that order. At Madam's school, the children's latent talents are discovered. Sorrel has inherited the family acting gene. Mark has a beautiful singing voice and is a moderately good actor himself. And Holly shows promise as a dancer, but later in the book, we discover what her true talent is. And I will leave that as a little bit of a mystery for you to discover. The siblings are not the only members of the famed Warren family at the school, however. Their cousin Miranda, an acting protege, the daughter of a famous Shakespearean actor, and Miriam, a dancer, the daughter of a famous vaudeville comedian, are in direct competition with the Forbes sisters. Like ballet shoes, theater shoes has some truly glorious moments. Be it the first Warren Christmas, delightful and dramatic, the grandmother shines in these scenes where her wicked and acerbic wit is unleashed. It is, it's going to be very fun for the adults when they read those parts. Or behind the scenes of the acting world, or the ins and outs of the, of the workings of auditions in stage schools, or showcasing the comedic talent of Holly. Noel Stratfield includes children with an uncanny ability to mimic and imitate the adults around them, giving credence to the genius of comedy to make us laugh at our foibles. It also has some very valuable historic insight as well. Some I mentioned earlier, giving a peek into child labor laws and ordinary life in London during the war, with its food and clothing rations and scarcity of everyday items. So a little bit about the labor laws. It's just, like I said, it was fascinating to me. It may not be to you, but there is a whole process that the children have to go in both books in order to begin to earn money when they're 12. They have to go in for examinations by the government 
to make sure that they are physically fit and being taken care of and that their education is not suffering. So that these children are not being forced into this work against their wishes or maltreated. They have to do these tests every three months, I think, until they're 15. So it's just very interesting, this whole process that the children have to go through and the process of audition and the types of auditions that they can go to. And and it's just, like I said, so interesting. Some, a world that I had no idea even existed. But even with this tightness of the money and also the background of World War II, the focus is never on the hardships or the tragedies. Instead, it is a sweet and heartwarming story of the love and talent of three devoted siblings. And like ballet shoes, it is a modern fairy tale. It is a delight and completely lovely. I wish I could be there with a hot cup of tea (laughs) to chat with you after you read these books because they're just so fun. They just pull you in. And like I said, I couldn't stop reading them. I went from one to the next. As soon as I finished one, I wanted to pick up the next one and read about the characters in Noel Stretfield's books because she just makes them come alive and she writes them so well. And, And even though they are very similar in these kind of rags to riches stories, they don't lose any of their charm. And she just has an ability to write children and their stories so well. So do yourself a favor and procure your own copies of these books immediately. And while you're at it, grab a copy of Dancing Shoes and Skating Shoes, which are equally delightful. You will love them. I promise. Well, that is all for this week. I'm sorry that I did not have more time to sit down and share even more about these delightful stories. Maybe in the future. But in the meantime, if you enjoyed today's episode and the podcast in general, would you consider leaving a rating or a review? It's just a small way for you to share more about the podcast or word of mouth would also be lovely if you'd share it with your friends. And if you'd like to connect during the week, I can sometimes be found on social media at Facebook for the Well-Read Life Facebook group, which I have not checked in a while. I'm very sorry about that. And also on Instagram where I'm rarely on, I apologize, but I'm check my DMs. So if you message me, I will get back to you as quickly as I can. And I am hoping to be back again in two weeks to share about, boy, another book from You've Got Mail. And that will most likely end this series. I had planned to do a few other books, but I decided in the end to keep to the books that were mentioned in the movie. And after that, I will share my episode with my dear friend, Olga Pishnayak Lawrence, about her book. So I look forward to that. I hope that you will grab your copies of these books and read them in this wonderful fall weather that is so reminiscent of You've Got Mail. Enjoy your time with these books. Until next time.